Hello, friends. Quick note before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know of two free offerings. You can find links to both of these offerings in the show notes. The first is what I'm calling your weekly dose of magic. I've been getting some really lovely feedback from recipients of Weekly Dose of Magic. And this is essentially just a little bit of a magic dose that you get in your email every single week. If you like the podcast, you will assuredly enjoy the Weekly Dose of Magic. So be sure to sign up for that in the show notes. And also, I am hosting a free masterclass, How to Create Your Dream Career Without Confusion and Overwhelm. You can sign up for that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy this episode. I'm going to start out this episode by making a bold claim. And here it is, because what's this life for if not to make a lot of bold claims, right? Here's my bold claim for today. If you are listening to this episode, then that means that your soul your heart, your inner knowing, your inner wisdom is calling you to something, is calling you forward to something, is calling you to a journey or a knowing deep within you. So let's see if we can't maybe uncover what that might be or if we can't give rise to that within you while you are listening to this episode. So just thinking right now, if I'm listening to this episode, what might it be that my soul, my heart, my inner knowing is calling me to? Calling me home to, perhaps. So I've been watching this show called Britannia on Epics, and it is total insanity. But there's a theme that runs through the seasons, and it's given me pause. It's, it's caused me to reflect on a couple of things. And that's what I want to share with you today. So the theme within Britannia, one of the themes within Britannia is that the gods, because back in the time that this show is set, and this is a fictitious show, but it is set around the, I think it's like shortly after the killing of Christ is when the show is set. One of the themes of this show is that the gods have created these destinies for us, and it's our role in life to fulfill the destiny. But here's what I've discovered on my own journey, that in everything that we think about, in every sort of belief that we have, or every worldview that we could have, it can sort of be like in a low frequency or a high frequency. And when I say low frequency, what I mean is a lot of times our beliefs that are resonating at a low frequency, what those beliefs often do is they rob us of our sense of agency. They rob us of our autonomy, of our personal power, of our love. And when it's in the high frequency, it's always vibrating at a frequency of love. So it gives us a sense of power. It gives us a purpose. It has the ability to create love within us. So to give you a really tangible example of this, you may have a belief that there's something in the world that you can't do. Like, I can't become a writer. And if you don't want to be a writer, then it doesn't matter if you can or can't become a writer. But let's say that you enjoy writing, but you have a belief that you can't be a writer. 
that would be a low frequency belief because the belief that you can't be a writer is robbing you of your sense of agency, of your sense of power, of what you can do. And it is blocking you from shining brightly versus I can be a writer. That is a high frequency belief because it facilitates a way, a means for you to shine brightly, and it gives you a sense of personal power. So going back to Britannia, if we talk about this idea of I have a destiny and it's my job to fulfill it, a low frequency belief around that would be I don't matter. Me as the person doesn't matter. I am only here to fulfill my destiny. And if that means that I have to become a martyr, that I have to sacrifice myself, that none of my desires get fulfilled, that this life is going to be grueling and difficult and obstacle after obstacle, then so be it because I am nothing. That's a low frequency belief of that because. It robs you of your personal power. It actually blocks your inner light from shining through because it cuts you off from who you are authentically. It cuts you off from you. You're saying, I don't matter. I'm only here to do what the gods want me to. The high frequency of that would be, I'm here to do what the gods want me to, but I also believe that. That will align with who I am authentically, because gods of love would never want me to hide my true essence, my true nature, my true self. A god of love would never want me to sacrifice my actual desires or who I am authentically, because that isn't love, is it? So let me dive into this a little bit further because I have personal experience with this. And I'm going to share a little bit about my upbringing in Christianity. But for those of you that didn't grow up in a religion, this 100% still applies to you. So if you just kind of listen in and bear with me, I will share how it applies both in and out of religion or the belief in a higher power. I grew up Christian, but I also grew up with this adjunct belief around Christianity that my role in life was to serve God and that if I serve God and this serving is done in a sacrificial way, in a way that may generate pain or discomfort for me, that that is actually more honorable. Because if we look at the story of Jesus and the way that it is traditionally interpreted through Christianity and Catholicism, etc., it is that he is honored because of the pain that he suffered. And that can subliminally introduce the idea in our minds that pain and suffering is honorable and that that is real love. If we sacrifice ourselves through pain and suffering, then we are more honorable. And so it instills this belief that in order for me to do good in life and be who I'm supposed to be, I have to sacrifice myself in as many ways as possible. Now, not everybody grew up with this around Christianity. I know a lot of people that the messaging was more so God is love and 
that was instilled in them. And if that was your experience, that's wonderful. I think that that is definitely closer to the truth. I'm no longer a Christian, although I do believe in Christ consciousness. But the point being that the story of Christ was distorted to me. And it's not just to me, it's in society in general. There's this interpretation of the Bible and religion that we are so terrible. Like if you think about the story of Adam and Eve, it's like, they are so terrible. I mean, we're all so terrible. We're all just so hopeless that we require someone to come die for us. And that's how terrible we are. That's how innately bad we are. So if you grew up with this messaging, it really can get implanted that the core aspect of you, the core you is wrong, is bad. And you can't save yourself. You need someone else of a higher power or hierarchy to save you. Now, the problem with this is when the majority of us walk around in the world feeling like we are wrong, we are innately wrong, we are innately bad, it creates a core level of confusion, like a deep, deep, deep confusion that permeates through our entire being that then sets us off on a journey of life that is very confusing. If you didn't grow up with that kind of messaging, you still received it most likely from your parents, from your caregivers, from teachers, from coaches, because our schooling system, for instance, is set up to really focus in on what we're not good at. And then a lot of attention is called to where we're failing. If you're not good at that sport, if you're not good at that subject in school, we then are pushed in the direction of, okay, this is what I'm not good at. This is where I'm deficient. This is where I'm lacking as a person. And so this is where my focus needs to be. And I need to improve in this area that I'm not good at. So there's so much innate focus on what we aren't good at and very little focus on where we naturally shine, on our natural gifts. Is everyone in the world supposed to be stellar at math? Is everyone in the world supposed to be fucking amazing at writing? Is everyone in the world supposed to remember everything that happened in history? No, of course not. That is ridiculous. But that's kind of the way that we're brought up in our schooling system. It's like everyone is homogenized. Everyone is supposed to be the same kind of person. And, you know, this is done across the board throughout all of life. It's like there's one correct way of doing things. There's one best way. There's one perfect way of doing things. And this gets really, 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 really ingrained. It is woven in to our DNA. You have a very specific idea in your mind of what perfection looks like. But what your idea of what perfection looks like is going to be different from mine, is going to be different from another listener. Isn't that interesting that our ideas of perfection are all slightly different? And if that is true, if our ideas of what perfection looks like is different from person to person, from culture to culture, isn't it worth questioning? Because if everybody's idea of perfection is different, could a single one of them be true? 
Is my idea of perfection more true than yours? Is your idea of perfection more true than mine? So what I'm getting at here is that we are like sponges when we're growing up. Our brain waves are actually really receptive to programming. And it's like we're these new open computers. And every single thing that's said to us from the age of zero to seven, and even from the age of seven to 14, is really deeply programmed in. And it's programmed into our mind, into the nerves of our mind and body, just like programming would be programmed into a computer. And from that, we create these perspectives, these ideas about what is right and wrong. So we grow up feeling like on some level we are wrong. Pretty much everybody experiences this, whether you came from religion or not. But when you really come from like kind of evangelical Christianity, not across the board, okay, but from many of these churches, the idea is that you're a sinner, like you're inherently wrong. And that is confusing. That is like deeply confusing because if I am inherently wrong, how can I ever trust myself to make the right decision? How can I ever trust myself to know what to do? How can I ever trust myself with anything, really? So there's this interesting thing that happens in the show Britannia where all these characters are kind of adhering to, well, okay, I mean, my life is fucking brutal and all these terrible things are happening to me, but I guess this is what the gods decided for me, so I guess I have to follow this destiny. And then there's this shift that happens with a few of the characters where they start saying, I want to be me. I want to be me. I experienced a glimpse of what it's like to be me, and that was so deeply fulfilling. That gave me life. That gave me breath. That gave me energy. I don't care what the gods want. I want to be me. Now, that sort of idea of I don't care what the god wants, I want to be me, is based on the premise, based on the fundamental belief that you can be either or, that you can't be you and be aligned with your higher power because your higher power only demands sacrifice. Your higher power only demands that you let go of any desire that you have of who you want to be, of what you want to do. And you only do this really excruciating thing that your higher power is calling you to. You can't have both. That's what that belief is based on. That's why like in this show, they're saying, I don't care what the gods want. I just want to be me. But there's another way. So if you are spiritual at all, then you can adopt this new belief that perhaps the other way forward is that what my higher power desires for me is what I also desire for me. Maybe what my higher power desires is for me to shine brightly, is for me to experience me fully, for me to be my authentic self fully, for me to not think that I am fundamentally flawed or broken, but for me to realize that at the core of my being is love, at the core of my being is spirit, is source, is God. Wasn't it Jesus who said heaven is within? This thing that we're all searching for, well, not all of us, a lot of Christians, I guess, is this idea of like, 
I have to live a life apart from my authentic self. I have to live a life of sacrifice so that eventually I can get to heaven. But what if heaven is within? And then when we branch outside of the construct of Christianity, what if joy, love, abundance, bliss, ecstasy, all the things that we're craving is actually within? And what if the way for us to access that from within is for us to access our most authentic self, is for us to reconnect with the truth within us, to identify what we're actually desiring, to start trusting ourselves, our heart, our inner voice, our inner knowing. When I grew up, I thought I had to sacrifice myself to be who God wanted me to be. And this was not just because of what I learned in church. It's also the way that it's also the way that it was interpreted to me. It's also the way that my parents would use this in order to get me to do what they thought that I should do. It's also the way that I myself interpreted this and internalized it. And then what happened was I was going about my life and I couldn't shake this feeling of like a void within me of like something was missing. Something was off. I was not content. I was not at ease. If I got really silent, maybe right before I go to bed or just sometime during the day, if I got really, really quiet with myself, there was something uncomfortable there within me. And, you know, I eventually left religion in my like mid, mid to late 20s. And for a while, I was just agnostic until I reconnected with spirituality. When I reconnected with spirituality, it gave me this opening to discover the beauty within me. I reconnected with both spirituality and I started doing a different kind of therapy with a therapist. And I started going on my own internal journey doing what I call personality mapping. And what I do with this process of personality mapping is I was determined to identify who I was deep down. Because here's the thing, you guys, when we grow up in societies that are calling so much attention to our flaws and the things that we're not naturally good at, we can't help but lose ourselves in that. I mean, it's, it's seriously nearly impossible to maintain a deep connection with your inner self, your inner truth, and your inner knowing when everyone around you is telling you that you're wrong. And this is especially amplified if you were not given the space to feel your feelings when you were younger. Let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar? Maybe you're feeling a difficult feeling. Maybe you're crying. And one of your parents starts saying to you, you're okay. You're okay. Or maybe you want to do something. Maybe you want to try out a sport. But one of your parents tells you, no, you're going to do this one instead. Or maybe you have these dreams of being something like an artist or a musician. But your parent either overtly or subliminally, passively, makes a lot of comments about how you wouldn't make any money doing that. And how you should really become, you know, a doctor or an attorney. That is gaslighting. Okay, so gaslighting is when you're expressing your emotions, your experience, your thoughts, your reality, and someone denies it verbally to you. Now, gaslighting is an extremely difficult thing to spot. But if I go tell somebody 
I'm feeling this way. And they say, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're going to be okay. What have they just done? They have projected onto me what they think my reality should be, which is that I should be fine. I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. And some of you may be thinking, oh, well, that's really subtle. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts, my friends. It may be subtle, it may be fine one time, but you get this happening hundreds to thousands of times with people that you're really close to in your life, and pretty soon you start doubting your own knowing. You start thinking, okay, I guess I'm fine. I guess I'm fine. This person that I trust, this person that's taking care of me is telling me that I'm fine. This person that's taking care of me is telling me that my opinion is wrong. This person that's taking care of me is telling me that I shouldn't do this thing that I want to do, and instead I should do this thing. These people that I trust, These authorities in my life are telling me that I should focus all of my attention on the things that I'm bad at. These people that I trust, these authorities in my life are telling me that I'm not doing this good enough. And on and on it goes. When I started discovering spirituality, there was all this space for me to explore who I am authentically, explore what I actually am desiring. And I was able to start releasing first identifying, then releasing these stories and these constructs that got programmed into me from a young age that I was able to let go. It was like I was able to get out of my own way. I was no longer overthinking. And what I was doing really along that process is I was starting to come home to the real me within me. And instead of thinking that I was flawed, that I was broken, that I was fucked up, I started loving myself. I started thinking that I was fucking awesome. I started realizing that I had all sorts of gifts and things to offer myself in the world. I started realizing that, yeah, I might not be good at, you know, math, but who gives a fuck? Like, I don't feel like my calling is to be a mathematician, so that's fine with me. I don't have to be good at everything. And what I realized in that process is that. Is this really key, super important learning that changed my entire reality. Part of what is causing your dis-ease and discontent, that void that you might be feeling, that uncomfortable feeling, that feeling like something is missing, is that you're separated from the true you within. There is a part of you deep within you, that is wanting to break free, that is wanting to be seen, that is wanting to experience life and shine brightly. But because you've been told for so many years that you should be a certain way, that you should be your inner picture of perfection, those parts don't align with that vision of perfection that you have in your mind. And so you keep those parts hidden. And all of this is happening without your conscious knowing. This happens to everybody. Okay, it is not just like something that you're doing wrong. I'm not here to say that you're doing anything wrong. I'm saying that I haven't met a single person that this hasn't happened to. So there's the you here now. There's this void within. There's this feeling of I'm missing something. My career isn't what I thought it would be. My relationship isn't what I thought it would be. My family life isn't what I thought it would be. I don't feel the way that I thought that I would feel at this point in my life. There's that you. And then we have your constructs of reality or your 
vision of what perfection is supposed to be. There are all the things that you feel like you're supposed to do in order to be good and right that you've been told that you should do. And then there's the you, the true you within. And the true you within is calling you home. The true you within is saying, come home to me. This is love. This is your true nature. This is your true essence. This is the part of you that is connected to God, to flow, to beauty, to ecstasy, to rhythm. And that void that you're feeling or that lack of contentment is a gift. Because the more that you feel that, the more it's going to get you closer and closer and closer to actually listening to your inner voice of wisdom. And once you finally start listening, you can reconnect with the true you from within. Now, I'm not saying that the you walking around today is like a shell of a human and that nothing about you is authentic. Of course, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there are parts of you that you have been disconnected from and that a sense of joy and life and wonder and beauty will be reborn when you are able to reconnect with those parts within. And I believe any God or higher power or energy or source of love would never want you to be disconnected from any part of you within. It is through us that the divine, your higher power gets to experience life. And you will be able to experience life the most fully when you let all parts of you shine, every single one of them. When you start to reconnect with these parts within you, your intuition, your inner knowing gets louder and you start getting greater clarity because what's happening is now you are starting to trust in yourself. You're starting to anchor to your inner truth within. And now you're not kind of thrown in all these different directions of confusion, which is what happens with our childhood programming. When we're told that we're wrong and that we're bad inside and that we should be things other than what we are, we start to disconnect from trusting ourselves, from our heart and our intuition, and we start outsourcing our power and our trust and external authorities. And that's very confusing because that leads us down all sorts of paths that aren't necessarily deeply aligned. And then we get into situations like jobs or relationships with people that don't feel really life-giving to us, that aren't filling us up filling up our cup. They're draining us instead. But why are they draining us? If they were right for us, would they be draining us? No. So why are they draining us? Why are we in this situation? How did we get here? What is happening? You have done the very best that you can do with the programming at hand, with what you've been taught to do, with how you've been conditioned to feel. You have done the best that you can. And in fact, I know a lot of you have worked so, 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 so hard. And I feel you. I feel that. And I'm not saying, I am not saying that you've done anything wrong. In fact, you've done all the right things. And now something deeper is calling you home. And that voice 
is coming from within. And the more that you listen, the more that you embrace the deep you from within, the greater your life will become. The greater your life will become. Now, when we've had all of these parts suppressed within us by external forces, it can actually be very deeply confusing. If I would have listened to this podcast episode that I'm now recording, if I would have been a listener of this six or seven years ago, I would have thought to myself, okay, but then how do I know who the true me is within? How do I know what I'm hiding? How do I, how do I know? It starts with just pulling the single thread of what your voice is calling you to in the moment. We don't always know a hundred steps ahead. So it's like, what is my inner voice, my inner truth, my intuition, my heart's knowing? What is that calling me to right now in this very moment? And how can I step forward in courage? How can I step forward in trust? How can I take that leap, that just one next step? Your inner truth will never misguide you. And this is why in all of my workshops and coaching, I always point everybody back to them. I always point you back to you, the true you, okay? The true you deep inside of you, the inner knowing, not the one that has that vision of perfection. I am going deeper. And this is also why in all of my workshops, I teach you how to access that because that can be confusing too. And I understand that. It can be confusing to understand what is the voice of the real me inside versus my thinking and my fearful mind. What are the parts of me that are authentic to me versus what are the parts of me that I'm just pushing and forcing but actually don't bring me joy inside? Those things can be really confusing. And that's why my nine-month-long Mastermind Your Life's Work is nine months long so that we have enough time to decipher the two and you have a lot of practice in deciphering them. And we do things like personality mapping, where you start to actually see what's been hidden and you can start to coax it and let it breathe and let it shine bright. You can identify what is my heart's knowing, what is my intuition, and you can strengthen it. And you can start to identify what are all the stories that I've been told that are actually not serving me, that are keeping me small, that are dimming my light, that are stripping me of my personal power and my agency that are causing me to not trust myself inside. So on this day, I ask you, what is your inner voice calling you home to? What could life be like if you actually believed that you're amazing? If you believed that you are perfect already, inside, if you believed that there is a specific way for you to be in this world, the things that you can do, the gifts that you can express, the light that you can shine, that will leave you feeling deeply fulfilled and full of bliss and love inside. What would life be like if you believe that were possible for you? And how could your life change if you believed it just enough to take that first step forward, to come back home 
to the true you on the inside.